Hi everyone, I'm Maplin Park, stylist and vintage fashion hound. I believe everything has a story, whether it be clothes or the people that wear them. Currently our stories may be warped by a world pandemic, but I want to focus on what we can control. So this is Style at Home, a bonus mini-series following season one of Style Stories. I sit at home with older new peers and discover how their life and style are adapting to isolation. Together we address their style at home. Today I'm chatting with Cara Weinstock, owner of online vintage store Cara Mia Vintage. Cara is known by the fashion set for sourcing the creme de la creme of vintage couture in Australia. Her store is a collection of carefully curated designer pieces we are used to seeing on the likes of Cindy, Linda, Naomi and Kate. Cara has literally spent decades scouring afar in a field to accumulate her archive. But today we hear how her baby Cosmo, capricious markets and coronavirus have found her to favour her style at home. And if you're looking for more than sound and want some sight of the interview, head over to madelinepark.co to view a video version of the podcast. online store for a long time um and it's yeah. just funny because I um I probably only noticed on your Instagram a photo of yourself a little while ago and then I put the pieces together and realized that I recognized that cute little face <laughs> <laughs> and that we've gone to school together so it's been yeah. a while <laughs> so um I think you were like a year or two below me I'm, I'm I definitely old. recognize you now that I'm seeing your face yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, a few, a few more grey yeah, hairs. Yeah, and, same uh, yeah. <laughs> you look exactly the same, honestly. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's so, um, as, as I said, I, I've been a fan of your website for a really long time. Um, I noticed it. Uh, Vogue did a feature on Caramia Vintage, uh, like. I don't, it was a lot like a good five years ago and I, I remember being a bit surprised at the time because not a lot of vintage got included um, on the pages of Vogue. Um, so how long have you been running the business for? Been running it for I think it's about eight years now. Right. It's a long time. Yeah. Um, I was in various other industries before this. I was um, did a media degree out of school and worked in media for a while and then went back to university and did law and worked yeah. as a lawyer for a while and just felt that I didn't really fit into the corporate world. And vintage was a passion of mine that I just developed, you know, it started as a hobby and it just seemed like a natural progression for me to move into that when I was looking for a new career path. Okay. So what was your relationship to fashion? Was it, was fashion always something that you were into getting dressed up or? Um, yeah, I think it was definitely something I was into sort of from late teenage years. I became, I mean, my mom was very and is very fashionable. Um, mm. 
and his. Always I think like, I even remember your mom. You remember my mom? <laughs> yeah, I do. My yeah. mom, you know, was always into her fashion, and actually, my um, my mom's parents owned a men's clothing store um, okay. in Hollywood many years yeah. ago, but that was really a very different um, part of the fashion world, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was just. That was vintage clothing was something I became interested in, I think, fairly young. Mm-hmm. Um, I started going to markets and up shops when I was probably 16, 17, 18. And then I spent quite a lot of time in my early 20s traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was something that really opened me up to all of that. You know, I spent I spent time in Europe and America and, yeah, places like New York and London especially um, where vintage was already a big thing, much bigger mm. than it was here, you know. Yeah. It kind of probably still isn't quite where those other countries are but yeah I guess 20 years ago vintage wasn't you know wasn't a thing really it, it wasn't it wasn't and growing up I mean I remember my first experiences with op shops and that my love of vintage clothing came from the same time when I was about 16 years old and I was actually literally this morning my daughter went into my wardrobe and was like what's this Hawaiian shirt? And I'm like, mum, that's mummy's first op shop piece that she's still very proud of. Um, I love that. But it wasn't, it, it, it was something that wasn't really that that big in Sydney or, or in Australia. And, I, you know, I remember trekking out to Blue Spinach because I wanted to find that store and know what that was about. Yeah. How, how did you kind of, how did you get introduced to it? You know, I remember going to Paddington Markets, you know, since I was quite young. That was the local market, I guess, in the eastern suburbs that had a bit of vintage. And then Roselle Markets, one of my best friends lives in, she grew up in Five Dock. So we used to go to Roselle Markets. And I remember finding at Roselle Markets when I was probably, you know, maybe 18, I found a Versace couture dress for $10, literally $10. And it's a very famous dress. It's one of the dresses, you know, the George Michael video clip, the yeah. freedom yeah. with it, the supermodels in there. It's one of those dresses, like oh that collection. Yeah. So I recognize that even though I wasn't that knowledgeable about fashion yet. And I think for me, I was like, wow, this really has value. Like this is something that I found for $10 that's, I knew that this is worth so much more than that. Plus it mm-hmm. looks really cute on me. So <laughs> win-win, you know, it was more out of an interest and a, a personal interest. Like at that point, obviously it wasn't about wanting to start a business. It was just that, you know, I loved clothes. I wanted to buy cool clothes and Mm. I didn't have tons of money to do that and I didn't want to have things that were the same as what everyone else had and I think even from a very early age fast fashion was not appealing to me you know Mm. I think when I was a much younger teenager yes 
I love Dottie. <laughs> I remember shopping it. Remember Dottie? But yeah. uh, I just was never very interested in that genre of fashion. And I think when I discovered vintage secondhand, it was like, okay, here's this whole other world of clothing that A, you know, is unique. It's beautiful. It's beautifully made. And it has a history. You know, it has all these different elements that make it special and you know i just kind of dived into that and then i started looking everywhere and i the more i learned the more i knew what to look for and i just started collecting and i think that's how it all it all started so how did you have the guts to take it from a hobby to a business um i don't know stupidity i guess I, I think it was part being very passionate about it, part having this huge collection that like it was it was more than I could possibly wear or store and also being unhappy with what I was doing at the time and this just seemed like, okay, why don't I give this a go? I mean, yeah. you know, there was one other, particularly the idea of doing it online, um, you know, it was very kind of different. I mean, I never really, especially cons- like eight years ago, it's yeah, still, I never, I never really considered doing a bricks and mortar store. Um, I did work for a really cool vintage store, um, on William Street in Paddington called Melbourne. Oh, yes. I don't know if you remember. Yes. That was a cool store. I was working for her. And I think while I was working there, I started thinking it'd be cool to do something like this online. And I'd seen, you know, there was a few cool sites around, but, you know, I think a lot of vintage online, I mean, these days there's a lot of options. Mm. But I think eight years ago it was quite limited. Yeah. You know, there was eBay. I think Etsy had kind of just started um, different websites selling vintage in you know to to varying degrees of success so it just seemed like something I could put my stamp on or, or attempt to put my stamp on yeah so you're you're an eastern suburb Sydney girl yeah. um and with a love of fashion but you know uh I guess the the temptation is to keep up with the fashion girls and be wearing the latest trends. How have you kind of kept that sense of elevation but brought the vintage into the way that you dress? Well, first of all, I guess I specialise, like my my true passion is the designer high-end stuff. So I've kind of always veered towards that luxury high-end of the vintage market. But having said that, I think there's tons of great vintage out there that isn't necessarily a designer or isn't necessarily a designer that's super well-known. And I think there's lots of... That's another thing that I love about it. I think there's so many... Um, great designers who've kind of been lost to history, like maybe they weren't around for a very long time, um, that people just don't know about that, you know, we're we're creating amazing, amazing things. Um, But I think for me, you know, the appeal of 
uh, vintage Chanel piece is infinitely more than going into the Chanel store and buying something new. You know, mm. that's just the, to me, that's, that's always what I've been attracted to. Like I will always pick a vintage piece over a new piece. Um, so do you yeah. like the challenge of it? Um, you know what? The thrill of the chase is definitely a big, a big part of it. Definitely. And yeah. I, I always feel in a way, you know, once I get my hands on something, it's, it's not as thrilling anymore. It's part of it is just hunting it down and finding it and possessing it. But once I have it, sometimes it's, it's not quite as satisfying as I imagined it would be. Uh, I imagine though, it, it, once you do have it, it's also hard to let go of it, especially if it has been a good find. So definitely, like, definitely can be. What are the pieces that you go, no, no, I'm, uh, this is too important to me. I keep this for myself. I've got quite a, you know, not a huge collection, but a substantial collection of vintage Vivian Westwood courses that I've sort of been collecting over the last... 15 years um, that I haven't sold any of them um, yep. and they are very hot items at the moment on the vintage market um, so I have had a lot of offers people have seen some of the pieces I have in my archive but they're just something that I'm not ready to part with and I can't imagine that I ever will want to part with them also because I've had them for such a long time yeah. Uh, another piece that springs to mind is a designer called Ozzy Clark. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Um, 60s designer, him. right? Yes, exactly. English um, designer. And he wasn't, he wasn't around for such a long time. His label wasn't around for such a long time. So his pieces are quite rare. And I have a dress of his that I've actually never even worn. It's a beautiful silk chiffon, like floor length maxi halter dress that I always said you know maybe one day I'll elope in it like yeah. <laughs> but I haven't but I still yeah. have it and I just I don't think I would ever sell it it's just something that I've had for such a long time now and it also reminds me of when I started buying vintage it was one of the first really great finds that I made so yeah I don't want to part with it yeah um so obviously you, you, how would you describe your personal style in a few words? Well, as I told you when we were corresponding on Instagram, <laughs> my personal style at the moment is uh, athleisure mum, which <laughs> I never thought it would be. But, um, you know, I love to wear colourful. I'm definitely, even though I'm wearing black at the moment, um, I favour colour. I'm real bird. I like sparkly things. I like, you know, things that are a bit different. Um, definitely not a minimalist. I would never describe myself as a minimalist. Wait, was this three words? Oh, it's all right. You're good. <laughs> that was a bit more than three words. It's all good. Um, I guess there's a lot of people in my life that don't necessarily can't get their heads around vintage because they don't know how to wear it. What are your tips for people to keep an elevated look, but um, integrate vintage into their wardrobe? 
I definitely think, um, you know, to mix vintage back with modern pieces is the best way to do it. I think head to toe vintage doesn't do it for me at all. I think that that can look very costumey. Like, I think, you know, it's a, it's a, I guess it's a genre. You do see people who dress head to toe in clothing from another era, of one particular era, but I think that's not a modern look. So if yeah. you're going for a modern look, I think it's great to, yeah, just you want to wear vintage as part of your everyday wardrobe. Like I don't think it's, it's necessary to be precious about it. Um, and I think, you know, fit is very important. You want to make sure you buy pieces that fit you and flatter you just as you would with any other type of clothing. Um, you know, fabrication. I think, you know, people can try and buy vintage that's sort of in line with upcoming trends. Um, I guess that's one way to kind of integrate vintage into your wardrobe in a way that's modern and elevated. But um, my personal instinct is just to go with what you love. If you're attracted to something, if you see something that you love or you see a picture or a reference that, you know, that attracts you in some way, like just give it a go, you know, have, have fun with it. I think vintage clothing is fun and, you know, that's, that's something we all need. Yeah. Um, so in terms of you, you're known in the fashion industry for having the creme de la creme of vintage pieces and, you know, you've been able to source some amazing runway pieces. Uh, but I don't imagine um, that you have sourced those from Australia or, or like, you know, you're, you're, and as you said, you've travelled a lot. Um, you're, you've obviously collected from overseas. Is Do you still do most of your sourcing from overseas or how? Actually, Madeline, I for the last couple of years have tried to source as much product locally as I can, as I am able yeah. um, for a couple of reasons. One has been the Australian dollar obviously is not, is not good against the Euro against the U S dollar. So that's, especially when you factor in shipping costs can really make the conversion prohibitive. Um, and I've been traveling less due to my life circumstances. Um, so I've really been trying to source locally and I've actually found some amazing things locally, including a collection of three to 400 pieces of vintage YSL, um, most of which had been wow. never worn. <laughs> which I found it from a woman in Melbourne, from one private collector in Melbourne, which I, I never dreamed that one person, particularly in Australia, would have that much vintage YSL sitting in boxes in a garage. Um, but, yeah, it is out there. It's out there in Australia. You'd be surprised. I mean, obviously, the volume is much more overseas. Like America, for example, you can find a lot more stuff than you can here, but you can still find good stuff here. You just kind of have to 
dig a bit deeper. Cara, one of the things that I've found remarkable about what you've done personally, uh, you know, having been in the fashion industry in Sydney for, uh, you know, about 10 years, is um, you've bought vintage onto the red carpet and into celebrity looks um, in a way that I haven't seen other people do, like, you know, in that time frame. How did you do that? How did you break through a mindset of, you know, of bringing vintage into those forums? One of my first customers was Kurt Cobain's daughter. So, and I had quite a few, and I still do, get quite a few um, actresses, models, it girls from... New York, LA, London, buying my vintage. I think that I don't want to say I was ahead of the ahead of the curve, but I think for Australia, a lot of people probably didn't really understand what I was selling eight years ago. I think the awareness now is a lot better, but um, you know, whereas in LA and London and New York, you know, that was already vintage was already a huge thing. Um, and you know, I had, for example, um, Bella Hadid's styling team contacting me. They found me on, I think on Instagram and wanted to learn stuff. So that was crazy. I mean, that was kind of when she just broken through as this really hot new model. Um, that was, you know, pretty amazing for me. I mean, I think especially when you run an online business, it's hard to know if you're even breaking. Do you know what I mean? Like if you have a a bricks and mortar store, you meet your customers, you see them every day, you talk to them. So you kind of see the effect you're having. But when you're purely online, it's kind of harder to measure the impact you're having or whether, you know, what you're doing is, is, you know, cutting across to people. Mm. So that was pretty amazing. To... So what what happens when you get that phone call from Bella Hadid's team? And, I mean, you know... I, got, I got an email and I thought yeah. it was a joke. I remember yeah. showing it to my flatmate at the time and being like, you know, this has got to be a joke, you know, like... I mean, to me, it was crazy that that Bella Hadid's styling team, which is based in LA, and the amount of amazing vintage that they have in LA. I mean, LA is probably one of the best places in the world. For vintage, I thought, why on earth would they want, you know, why would they even bother to come to little little me in Sydney? Um, But, yeah, that was was legit. so that was amazing. That was just, I guess, very validating. Um, even though that experience was kind of uh, had its ups and downs, let's yeah. say. Um, but you know, what, was, what what were the ups and downs? Um, the 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 ups is obviously getting that recognition, or you know, that for myself, feeling like, wow, okay, you know, maybe I am on the right track here, um, you know, and it was amazing to see Bella Hadid wearing one of my, one of the pieces that I'd curated, um, you know, one of the pieces I'd found at a huge New York Fashion Week event. Um, 
but the draw there was a couple of drawbacks which i haven't really spoken about before but i'll share with you um one of them and i think i've spoken to other vintage dealers who international vintage dealers who have told me the same thing um and i've had this experience more than once i think for example when you have your own brand and you dress a celebrity the credit's always going to come back to the brand when you dress a celebrity in vintage Chanel or vintage Givenchy, the dealer doesn't necessarily get acknowledged in the way that they should. So that was part of the experience, which was obviously disappointing because, um, you know, that kind of exposure can make a huge difference to a small oh, business 100%. like mine. In terms of your business now, uh, obviously, vintage is a lot more of a hot topic um, amidst conversations of climate change and waste in the fashion industry. How yeah. are those conversations affecting you? Um, I think it's it's great for me. I mean, I think the sustainability angle of vintage is something that I never really consciously pushed as part of my brand story that's not because i don't care about that i guess i guess i felt like sustainability and high fashion didn't necessarily kind of come together until very recently i think until very recently the the idea of sustainability wasn't sexy. You know what it I mean? Was a bit more, it was a bit more herbal, wasn't it? It was a bit more herbal. It was a bit more hippie. It was a bit more, um, yeah, just exactly. A bit more Birkenstocky, like. Um, <laughs> but I think now, obviously, it's something that, that everyone wants to, you know, get involved in. Um, and I think, obviously with vintage that's just you know part part and parcel of what you're getting i mean this stuff is already it's been around for a long time and you know that's the thing about vintage as well is that it's it is sustainable not just in that it's good for the environment it's sustainable in that it's long lasting i think also now that we're starting to come out of this uh period of isolation people are now sent Thing, uh, like a form of renewal um are you going through any of that type of process where you feel like you're coming out a bit refreshed or with a, a, a just a, a newer sense of self through this process um so personally i've been deep cleansing my closet which is taking forever um <laughs> But definitely, yeah. And I've been watching, there's, there's a girl on Instagram actually who calls herself the Schmutter Shrink. Right. And she, she does, she's actually a writer for Vogue in America and she does um, closet cleansers. So I've been watching her videos and getting very inspired. And she's like... Her goal when she does these closet cleansers, she wants to get rid of more than what she keeps, which to me is very extreme. Like she'll start with 10 jumpers and then she'll end up with four jumpers and that's a good result for her. To me, yeah. that's like very extreme. But, you know, I think like 
you only need as much as you're going to wear. I guess for me, there's somewhat of an archival aspect as well. Like there are things like we discussed previously that um, I don't necessarily wear, but I do want to keep. But I definitely am looking at things that I've had hanging around for a long time and thinking, you know, do I really need this? Do I really want this? Can this find a better home, you know, in the spirit of vintage and secondhand and moving things along, you know, so I'm definitely doing that. And then in terms of Karamea Vintage, I think the same thing. I think I'm looking at, you know, um, wanting my offering to be very highly curated so that I'm only offering really like the very best which I think, you know, when I started Karamea Vintage, that was my, that was my original goal. I think now I'm starting to just want to move back towards where I started and just, you know, hone in on those best pieces because, you know, I have so, I actually have so much stock at the moment. Where do you put it all? Oh God, you don't want to know. <laughs> it's overflowing, you know, yeah. and I just, look, the thing with vintage clothing as well, and I don't know how much I subscribe to this, but I have spoken to various people about it. Like these, these, this clothing did belong to someone else. A lot of it. I mean, you do get things that are unworn, but you know, there is the idea that all of it does hold energy from its previous owners. And that's like, it's a chaotic thought that you've got like, you know, I've got hundreds of pieces that belong to hundreds of different um, people, which in a way it's an amazing thought. And you can think about the stories behind all of these pieces and the lives that they lived, but it's also mm. a little overwhelming to think about <laughs> sometimes and and yeah, the burden and the guilt of it <laughs> exactly and you know what kind of energy is there you know running around my space so yeah I do have an impulse at the moment to kind of streamline in terms yeah. of currently vintage as well and maybe offer quality over quantity at the moment okay um in terms of uh, Karamea, the the words mean most beloved, correct in Italian. Yeah. Um, what what besides your Vivian Westwood corset are your most beloved or treasured pieces that you're kind of holding on to as your symbols of style? Uh, let me think. Well, like I told you before, the YSL collection that I found. Yeah, I did cherry pick. Well, I actually started selling it and then I sold off quite a good whack of it. And I thought, wait a second, there's not going to be anything left for me. So I did cherry pick a couple, a handful of <laughs> special pieces that I thought, you know, like a, a really great blazer, um, a trench coat, which I've never owned before. I've never really thought of myself as a trench coat person, but I thought, you know what? It's such a classic piece. And if you're going to have a trench coat, why not have a 70s YSL trench coat? Tons of stuff. There's um, an Alia dress I just recently bought, which, you know, sometimes, sometimes Madeline, I buy things for the store and they arrive and I'm just like, no, I'm not, not <laughs> going to go. Pieces like that, even if you don't, I mean, 
a lot of people like the, like the closet cleanser I was talking about is like, well, if you don't wear something for six months, you should get rid of it. I personally don't agree with that. I think sometimes you can have something in your wardrobe. Maybe you don't touch it for years, but maybe one day you pull it out and you're like, yeah, this is, this is something that works for me right now. And that's a piece you've had forever. And I think, you know, maybe we just go through phases of our life, you know, right now you and I are deep in mum life and whites of blazers are not on the cards, but who knows where you're going to be in a year or five years or 10 years where that white blazer might become a a closet staple for you. Well, and I, I agree with you. I I find, um, I find getting rid of important things or, um, or valuable things really tough. So I just store them (laughs) and they're not necessarily hanging in my wardrobe, but, but they're there. Um, And I think that for me, it's more like I've, I've spent years building up this wardrobe. It's it's like, I can't possibly wear everything, but this is that, that these things have been chosen, especially the, the well-made things have been chosen for a really good reason. It's, um, and so I'm not just going to release that. It's they're, they're part of my story, I guess, and that's uh, what exactly. Was and and how exciting and how exciting to open up that storage container and be like, wow, look at all this stuff that I forgot I had. Yeah. And you know, because like we were saying before, like maybe now that's something that that you are going to wear, and that's that is going to become, you know, you've got this rotating wardrobe. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. So, um, as I said, we haven't we're, we've gone through this funny period of lockdown where now where we sit today, we're yeah. not currently like out, but we're not currently in. Um, and one of the questions I've been asking people is like, what's their coming out look? I guess the the appropriate question is, what's what are you dying to have a great occasion? to wear this item well that Aliyah dress that I just mentioned um definitely dying for an occasion to wear it um and I have a pretty significant birthday coming up this year oh do you I won't mention I won't mention the number but I'm sure you can figure it out (laughs) (laughs) considering we're still together um so yeah definitely what I have you know are you saving the alaya for that I think I might because first of all it's pretty tiny like as in it's not a kind of dress that you wear in winter anyway unless it's a special occasion um and I can't really foresee that I'm gonna have anywhere to wear it prior to that so yeah that's that probably won't be my coming out of covid look um look to be honest with you i my my goal is to get back into my old jeans that's really (laughs) and that's not just a covid goal that's a post baby goal yeah so that's actually kind of what I'm working towards right now. Um, having not worn jeans for quite some time now. Um, yeah. That's that's really my goal. Yeah. How are you going? Is it, I'm is getting there. You look amazing. So. Um, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm getting there, you know, slowly but surely. Bye. Thank you so much for talking to me today. You know, it's really been, I'm really glad that you got a chance. Thank you.
Whilst Cara appears to epitomise the fashion nobility in Sydney, polished, articulate and an admirer of luxury items, it's also her style to do things a little differently. Whether it be reclaiming runway Versace as a teenager or pioneering online vintage way before swings towards sustainability in the fashion industry, Cara has always been ahead of the curve. And it's this strong sense of self and an exacting eye that gives her a point of difference in the vintage market and has seen her able to craft her most beloved hobby into a career. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, please go ahead to Apple Podcasts and leave me a rating or a review on why my podcast is your style.